Hello and welcome to Connect FCS Ed Podcast, where we talk about family and consumer sciences education. Each episode is geared to recruit, support, and retain the professional FCS educator. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to help boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to Connect FCS Ed. Thank you so much for listening. Without you, well, then it would just be me talking into a microphone. Today, I would like to welcome Susan Turgeson, who has been a member of the faculty at University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, since 2012. She has completed her doctoral program in educational leadership in 2015 and currently an associate professor at the School of Health Sciences and Wellness. She primarily works with pre-professional family and consumer sciences students and graduate level students. She has been recognized as the American Association of Family and Consumer Sciences, that's our AAFCS sister organization, as the National Teacher of the Year in 2009, she also received the AAFCS New Achiever Award in 2005 and the AAFCS Leader Award in 2017. Prior to working at UWSP, Susan has taught for years at the middle school level and 12 years at the high school level. So she has a wealth of information. So. I'm so excited to have her on and so that we could all learn from her. So welcome, Susan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has just been fun, just having a little side conversation before getting going and everything. But I, I'm i just excited. Well, well, one, I'm excited. I'm always excited to talk to people. I love, I love networking. But your background is of so much information. And honestly, like I'm, I'm inspired. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's got so much stuff going on. So I would love to hear your journey into education and being awarded all these huge accolades. Well, it, it's definitely a journey and one that if, if I have to say it really started back in elementary school. Um, I had a younger brother and sister who I always played school with. Uh, my sister is a medical doctor and she still credits me with making her so smart. <laughs> um, but we used to play school all the time. And so I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, when I was in high school, then I got bit by the business bug. I was um, working in a shoot department and um, just had a lot of fun doing that. And so I started off going to college for business instead. After a year of not really knowing what I wanted to do, I took some time off, um, married, had a family, and worked a, a variety of different positions. Um, everything from retail, store manager, accountant, uh, car sales, <laughs> you name it. Um, but all of them actually are family and consumer sciences related and gave me some great background. But um, I was coaching a high school dance team at the time and just really loved working with young people. And I thought, how can I do more of this? And I went, you know what? I want to be a teacher. I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I'm 29. And if I'm not going to do it <laughs> any other time, um, any other way, because that's how you become a teacher. Um, I happened to have an opportunity to go back to school. I quit a full-time job and had two kids and a husband at the time. Um, but I, I was really driven and I knew that being a teacher was what I wanted to do. 
but I wasn't sure what kind of teacher I wanted to be. And there were lots of options. I enjoyed so many things. I loved being a student. I thought about being a history teacher because I love history, but I thought other people don't love history as much as I love history. That might be hard to teach. (laughs) Um, I was really good at math, but I thought two plus two is always four. That sounds kind of boring to do all the time. Um, And having young children, and I had worked in a children's section at the library and loved young children, and I thought those early years are so important. So I started out in early childhood. Uh, In my intro level course, a professor from the University in Family and Consumer Sciences came by one day and started talking about family and consumer sciences. Somehow I had never even considered that, but I had taken courses when I was in middle school and high school. And so as she was talking about what a family and consumer sciences teacher does, I thought, I like that. I know that. I could do that. And at the end, she basically promised me a job because there was a demand for family and consumer sciences professionals. Now, keep in mind, this was in 1996. Here we are 25 years later, and there's still a major demand for family and consumer sciences teachers. So that's what shifted me into family and consumer sciences. And and I just never looked back. Um, Had the good opportunity to teach middle school for a year, high school for 12 years. Uh, Then an opportunity opened up at uh, the university and I had done an adjunct position and I loved working with older students. Um, And so here I am for nine years working at the university level with my adult students. I sort of joke that I've gone throughout the lifespan. So my next step will be teaching at an assisted living center. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But sort of as my children aged, I kind of aged with them and kind of kept moving on those different levels. But everything that I had done kind of relates back to family and consumer sciences. So I sort of joke that before we knew that people had nine to 12 different jobs over the course of their lifetime, I was kind of doing that already. And um, I've had an opportunity to explore a lot of different career clusters along the way. (laughs) Well, and, and that's the thing that I love about our profession. One, it's relatable in all spans of life. That is just because I I consider myself jack of all trades uh, when it comes to like the retail sector Um, with working at Starbucks. I, um, I was a para educator for um, a, um, a, um, a Christian preschool. So the preschool that my children grew up in if, and gosh, I was there for years because I had four kids who <laughs> going through. So I was I was in the preschool for many, many years. And and then and I did house cleaning on the side. Um, I all sorts of all sorts of things, along with I, I coach soccer um, with high schoolers. I, I loved it. And just like you were saying. I knew from a very early beginning that I wanted to be a teacher, but then, you know, as just like you said, you know, you caught the business bug, which I did too, because only because there was such a negative connotation on becoming a teacher uh, when I was going through college. And I was like, Oh, no, thanks. I don't want to be near that with a 10 foot pole. So I went a different route. So yeah, we have a lot of things in common, but it always comes back to that family consumer sciences because 
it is so um, what diverse and relatable in everybody's life. But and the beauty of family and consumer sciences is it just took everything I loved and kind of packaged it together. So I do teach a little history and I do teach a little bit of math and I get to do the personal finance and I get to have that textile and fashion component. Um, obviously, culinary and, and food things I love, but I don't have to commit to any one of them and just do that all of the time. So as I talk to people who are considering family and consumer sciences, that's the thing that I love the most is how diverse it is mm-hmm. um, and the types of people that you get to meet. That also can make it very challenging um, for those people who are teaching and, and teach a lot of different preps and have a lot of content. That also can be a challenge, but um, it's just so fun to continue to learn and, and to kind of have your, your toe in so many different pools. Absolutely. And uh, well, in the hard, the hard thing about being um, a FCS teacher is that we have to be four steps ahead when we're already in one thing. So we're all, we're, we're teaching one class and then but then we're, while we're in that class, we're already thinking about, okay, how are we going to do things for the next prep? Because we could have a completely different class because <laughs> mostly we're teaching what anywhere between two to five preps at a time uh, during a semester or a trimester. So there's, you have to be really good at being one flexible, but being able to, um, adapt to change quickly on the dime. You got that right. Um, the, the idea of planning and organizing, the other thing that adds to that is we're never just planning for the day, we're planning for the next week. We're planning for the next year. Um, I never know what day it is <laughs> because I'm always doing something for a future project or another class or you know, um, most people are probably thinking about working on their budgets already for next year and it, it's only mid-January right now. Um, so it's it it can be a lot to kind of juggle and manage, that's for sure. But um, but we love doing it. And if we didn't love it, we wouldn't be doing it. Absolutely. And you 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 hit a very valuable thing just a minute ago saying that a lot of people are already planning for their budgets next year. And I just opened up my budget <laughs> yesterday, in fact, and I'm adding like the the curriculum center to my budget list because I'm like, I need to have, I need to be able to pull more things. But yeah, the, and my budget's not due until May. So it's just one of those things where budgets plan ahead. If you do not know how to plan ahead, you need to find somebody who is very good at it and teach you. Well, and I always tell people that the more that we plan, it sounds like you're very structured and rigid when we talk about plans and even if it's a a course plan or a block plan or calendar for your class, but the more that you have planned, the easier it is actually to adapt and be flexible Mm -hmm. because you've already prioritized and you have things figured out. So when things don't go your way or in your budget, maybe all the money doesn't come through, um, it's easier for you to think about well, that's okay. I really need this. So here's my priority. Same thing if if we're talking about a class, you have um, something happen um, like a pandemic. (laughs) 
that forces you to teach differently and, and reconfigure your class, you think about what do I really need to know? What's the nice to know? Um, where am I going to spend my time? But if you hadn't planned and organized and prepared, it's harder to sort and, and filter those things out. So yeah, planning and organization is, is so key in the, the work that we do. Yeah, I, um, gosh, I was on a, a Facebook feed the other day and it had, and I want to say it was for like instructional coaches or something. And somebody put out like a poll asking, where are you when it comes to planning? Um, are you doing things on the fly? Are you maybe um, a, a one or two days ahead or are you um, a good solid week ahead in your classes and I was I felt so confident because I was able to say you know what I'm at a week I'm at that the max of what they had on their poll um but that's but that is only because I'm able to teach the same two classes this trimester than what I did um then in my first trimester so it's a repeat and it's only becoming more um, effective and polished now going through it the second time around. And, and let me say that feels so, so good. Oh, and all of us sort of felt like new teachers, even if we had been teaching something over again, we had to do it differently. And the first time through anything is more challenging and, and takes a lot more effort um, now, that's not to say that you just keep repeating the things that you do because we always are tweaking and revising, mm -hmm. um, but to have some of that structure and some of that groundwork laid definitely makes it easier as you go. So those people who are first-year teachers, um, we've all been there, and, and it will get better. You will get through, but it's amazing how many times you're a first-year teacher over again in your career, whether it's teaching new grade levels. So I, I shared that I taught at a middle school my first year. And then the second year, I switched to the high school and I went from a traditional schedule to a block schedule. So everything was, was new and different. So I got to be a first year teacher again, right? Um, and then almost every year I taught, it seemed like we were adding a new class. So every time you do something the first time, you're that first year teacher over again. Uh, so there's lots of opportunities to reinvent ourselves and to have fresh starts as well. Um, and then again, as I transitioned into the university, new teacher starting over again. Um, but what I tell my students is that's okay. Uh, curriculum is never carved in stone. You should always be making changes. And your goal is to always get better. Um, you never settle that um, um, being from Wisconsin, I'll, I'll give you a little Vince Lombardi um, wisdom as Ooh. well. Um, and he was talking about relentlessly chasing perfection, knowing full well we will not catch it because nothing is perfect. But we are going to relentlessly chase it because in the process, we will catch excellence. So we're always trying to be perfect and great. And in the process, we get good. Um, so really, it's about progress, not perfection. And so we just keep trying to get better, but we're all imperfect beings and it, we will never be perfect, but we can be excellent and be really good at we, what we do. And we just keep trying to be better each time we teach it for each group of students as we, we continue to evolve. 
Uh, well, I, I love that one, but also just talking about, you know, it's about progress, not perfection. It's, and like what we were talking about earlier when talking about just your, your educational journey, it's about the journey. And that's, that's the thing that I love so much. And especially when it comes to our content, it's the journey. Nothing is set in stone. I'm able to put my own spin on things. Um, I'm a very creative individual when it comes to what technology and having fun. And that's the thing. I love to have fun with my students and it, it makes, it helps me just kind of tap into my playful side. And that's, that's the best part about, I guess, our profession, we're allowed to have fun. But at the same time, we're teaching these important life skills. Well, and I think one of the most important life skills is to appreciate yourself mm-hmm. um, and, and not compare yourself to others, so that you try to mold yourself into them. Um, if you're familiar with Brene Brown, which I know many people are, the book, The Gifts of Imperfection, um, you know, we we can't hold ourselves to a, a, someone else's standard either. And even though you may admire or see someone as a role model, you will never become them. You need to be your authentic self and appreciate who you are. And so I think that's one of the other things I love so much about family and consumer sciences curriculum is we have that ability for it to take on unique perspectives. Uh, we can address different things. Every school, we don't have cookie cutter curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks different everywhere you are, and that's okay. And I, I think that's really wonderful um, because we don't have cookie cutter students and they're not the same everywhere we go. And, and we have to be able to adapt and be flexible. Um, but again, to give ourselves that permission for everything not to go perfectly, um, because it usually doesn't. <laughs> and even if it did one day, the next day it might not. And and so I think having that sense of humor um, is a real key part as we're thinking about these things, too, because everything is more fun when you can smile and laugh about it and, and just keep going. Uh, yes, yes, I I love that. And just being able to... Eh. Well, I, it just kind of, it just makes me think of how many jobs out there do people go to work looking forward to doing what they do? That's, and that's the thing that I'm, I'm able to live, I'm able to live my authentic self. Um, and I'm very transparent. I'm very open. Um, and others can say, you know, like, oh, you're too predictable. I'm like, well, you know, that's okay. I'm I'm all right with that. Um, but how many people are able to go to work doing what they love? And I feel I'm very, uh, I think we collectively are extremely blessed um, to be able to do that and be able to live, live our life with that, that joy. Um, because yeah, I'm able to, I'm able to be who I've always been and not have to, you know, put up a barrier of, uh, or a division of between my personal life and my, in my work life. That's so great when that passion and purpose and, and profession all come together um, 
So sometimes for people, that's a problem because we, we have an issue with, you know, so much overlap between personal and professional lives. Again, especially mm-hmm. in the pandemic, as people are working from home, it, they are just on top of one another. That Venn diagram is just gotten on top of itself. There's no separation, but, um, but that's, what's so cool is my, my recreational interests kind of go into my professional interests and um, it just all comes together so beautifully. And, and I think when people find family and consumer sciences, I think that's one of the things that they love the most is how it just speaks to them and, and allows them to enjoy so many parts of their life. And, and when we teach, it helps us improve our personal lives as well. I always tell people if I would have started teaching personal finance sooner, <laughs> I would have been even better off, right? So every time we teach something in a class, we're we're learning it for ourselves and, and bringing that into our, our being, whether it's nutrition or personal relationships or personal finance. So um, it's just, it's great how they just overlap and come together. Yes, they do. And how you, you're just giving, I think all of us, the visual using the Venn diagram um, is that, (laughs) yes, there's so much overlap because, but also at the same time, it's a good thing. I feel for me, I can only speak on my experience, but it's been a good thing because my students, they see me as both a teacher, but also a mom because my eight-year-old comes into my my camera. My twelve-year-old brings in a chicken. Many people you've many people have heard that my chicken stories, where all of a sudden I'll have a chicken in my frame. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, this is it. Or they see me, or I'll put myself on mute and I'll quickly give my my sons the side eye of like, get out of here. <laughs> um, but my my workspace is in my front living room but i chose that because i want to be around my kids because otherwise honestly i would be up in my my spare bedroom or well it's not spare anymore my 12 year old has said that he's moving out of his his brother's room and he's taking the the spare room <laughs> um but yeah no it's it, Otherwise, I would be sequestered up in this this room the whole time and not be a part of the life and the action that's taking place in the heart of the home. I think it's great for students to see their their teachers as people, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, I think family and consumer sciences teachers do that outside of uh, being on Zoom and, and having your, your whole life happen around you when somebody comes in. Um, like you said, to frame the cat walks across the laptop. It's allowed us to get to know each other um, personally, but I think that's so key for students to to know their teachers and, and family and consumer sciences teachers tend to use a lot of stories and examples mm-hmm. um, to make that real because we didn't just magically become a teacher and life was easy. Um, I think it's important to share our struggles and our challenges um, and, and not necessarily just, here's my story, but we can talk about people that we know and that, that we too have had to overcome some things. Um, and so again, this, this time that we've been working with, we've all learned to give each other a little bit more grace because we, we do see that there's life outside of school 
and that we don't, you know, sometimes our FCS teachers, particularly our, our students, I think, think we live there because you may have a washer and dryer in your room and you have a refrigerator. They're just like, where's your cot? You sleep here too, right? And, and there are times where it feels like maybe we do that. But um, I, again, I think it, it's a great blend of personal and professional and, and having students know us and, and especially people who um, have a CTSO like FCCLA. Mm-hmm. And those students who know you in that that realm, outside of just your class and some of the other things you do, they they do start to recognize that you have various components to your life, and we're multifaceted individuals. Yes, well, we've just been talking a whole lot about maybe we I, we need to put a title on this. This is all about mindfulness. Talking about you know the separation or or the Venn diagram of overlapping and organization and planning, all of this just kind of has everything to do with mindfulness and um, and it's and it's beautiful because we as FCS teachers we're we are natural storytellers. Some are way more um, in tune with the the storytelling aspect um, where I I just think of, um, I have a couple of friends who are Irish and they are from Ireland. They tell the best stories. Oh my gosh, which then have you just rolling on the floor because it is so it's such a a wonderful visual (laughs) that they give you but as FCS teachers we are natural storytellers where we're telling things about life um maybe I don't know is there is there a particular FCS story that you can think of that comes to your mind that has I guess, uh, FCS success, I guess I could call it. Oh, every day is an FCS success. <laughs> uh, when you work with students, and I know that maybe sounds cliche, but, but it's true. Um, there's, there's too many stories to, to, <laughs> to narrow down, but, um, I think, I think that that's the best part about being an FCS teacher is, you know, you do impact students. And on any given day, whether you have a class of three or 30, um, there's one person who you've really had an influence on and, and had an impact that day. Um, and you don't always know who that is. Sometimes they come back and share with you. Um, sometimes they don't. But everything we do is so relevant and affects individuals. And I think that's so exciting. Um, one. Uh, so as you talk about a story, one story I, I always love to share is having taught um, a parenting child development class. Um, lots of students over the years, um, I, I hate to say sometimes I, I forget their names, but I always remember their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a student came back after school one day and she had a, a small child with her. And she said, I just want you to see the person who taught me to be your mommy. And I I get teary just thinking about it now. That was just unbelievable to me. I had no idea that I had that kind of impact on that student. Um, She wasn't particularly 
active in class, not the person who was always raising her hand or participating. She was that more quiet student, clearly taking it all in. And it, it meant way more to her than I had any idea at that moment. Um, and I just think that's one tiny example of how many students all of us have had an influence on. They may or may not come back to you and let you know that, but I think there's a zillion stories like that. And that's what FCS does. Um, so again, it's, it's just, it's our purpose to, to help our students become their best selves and, and to live their optimal lives um, and, and make the best of their situations and use their resources as, as best they can. And um, like I said, that's just, that's an FCS success that just popped into my head. Uh, well, I love that. And that story, <laughs> that was, is beautiful. And yeah, we're going to get students that will forever leave an impression on us um, and versus in us leaving an impression on, on our student. Uh, I know I, I kind of do a little Facebook stalking on one particular student from my first year. Um, she left me a goals note for uh, herself. And she was just much like your student who, very quiet. Um, she, not an active participant, but she, um, it, she, for the most part, she seemed angry all the time and she, and she was a little bit on, on the angry side, but oh my gosh, my heart just went all in for this one, this one young lady. And, um, and we formed a, a, a a very uh, proper, you know, uh, student teacher relationship. And um, she would come in during lunch and she would just kind of hang out because she didn't want to be in the cafeteria or anything like that. And she would just kind of hang out and I would do my thing. She would do her thing. But she always ended up asking, you know, questions um, like, oh, what? Help me out here because I'm I'm thinking about moving in with my boyfriend. I'm like, oh, okay what's going on? And she's like, she would tell me situations at home life and she would share because that is what our students do. They share. Um, and I would always have to preface it <laughs> with them going, just so you know, I'm a mandatory reporter. <laughs> and if you overly share a, a scenario with me and it seems dangerous, I have to report it. And it's not because I'm I'm being a, a Karen or anything like that, but it's because I have to. And she'd be like, okay. And she would then curtail the story or something like that. Um, but yeah, we would, we'd just end up talking and I, I still follow her on Facebook and Instagram and the Facebook stalking being a voyeur, right? <laughs> Cause I don't want to be uh, intruding in her life or anything like that. But Oh my gosh, this young woman, she was, she's so bright and it is amazing to be able to just kind of see where her life is going. Um, and it's exciting. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, well, I would love to, so with your background, your unique background, um, <laughs> I would love for you to share a little bit about 
the programs and the classes that you teach at UWSP? Sure. Um, well, I am an associate professor of family and consumer sciences. So everything is family and consumer sciences related. One of the coolest parts about my job is I really get to bookend our students' experiences because I get to teach our intro level course to all students who have an interest in family and consumer sciences. Um, we have a number of undecided students who take that course and then discover that family and consumer sciences is a path for them. Um, so these are students who, um, we usually have about 30 to 40% of those students choose family and consumer sciences education. And then the other students tend to choose our non-teaching licensure track and work with community organizations, maybe go into extension, um, those kinds of things. So I get to know those students right away when they are first year students or as they are coming into family and consumer sciences, because a lot of times that doesn't happen until they're maybe juniors, sometimes even seniors. Um, because like me, a lot of those students have tried different things. <laughs> And, and didn't find their FCS path right away. So um, because of my really unique background, um, I can relate to a lot of different experiences, um, whether it's with a non-traditional student or with a, a, a traditional first-year student. Um, I also get to teach a course, um, it's a family issues and society class. It's a general education course. So again, I get to work with students from um, a variety of degree programs, not just family and consumer sciences. I teach a human sexuality course, which is one of my favorite things to teach um, because I just get to really <laughs> let it out there and, and talk about all kinds of things. Um, you, you, um, when you talk about students sharing, uh, they tell a lot of stories in that uh, <laughs> class for sure. But um, all appropriate and, and it's a safe place. We we talk about that class being like Las Vegas. What goes in human sexuality stays in human sexuality. It's yeah. not information for the rest of the world. So um, we, we have a lot of fun in there, but um, a lot of learning that goes on. Um, always surprising to me how many students really don't have any background. Um, maybe only had a day or a unit in, in high school or, or middle school, and they're so ready to talk about a lot of different things. So that's very cool. Um, I also teach our curriculum and methods courses for our teacher educators. Um, the students go into, going into education, which, you know, that's just helping to inspire people to get to do some of the cool things that I did. And so um, getting into lesson planning and, and all of the methods and strategies and, and those kinds of things. Um, I also get to supervise student teachers, which is great um, because again, I get to see them in that capstone. So having worked with them as maybe a, a more quiet first year, just getting started in FCS to they're ready to rock and roll and, and take on the world and, and see them in action and then work with those cooperating teachers. And, uh, you know, that helps keep everything fresh for me as well, because I get to get back in the classroom um, when we're able to visit in person <laughs> um, and see students live and in person and, and know what's happening in schools so that I can then take that information to help me revise my curriculum. So I'm constantly helping to prepare the next group of students to be um, as prepared as they possibly can for, for what lies ahead. Um, and then I also have the, the good fortune of being our uh, the director of our graduate program. So those individuals who 
have discovered family and consumer sciences after they have a bachelor's degree in some other field um, who come back and are interested in the alternative licensing. Um, and so it's, I just, I get to work with such diverse students and um, from so many backgrounds. And, and again, I can relate really well because I kind of didn't take a, a typical um, route into family and consumer sciences. And, um, you know, life is all about timing. Yeah. And, and so when, whenever it's the right time for someone to discover family and consumer sciences, I get to be there to help inspire them and, and help them take that journey. Um, and so, yeah, it's, just, I, it's great. I get to do so many different things. And um, I, I miss some, the thing that I miss most about teaching um, at the middle school and high school level, I so miss labs and, and being able to get in there with the students, but um, I, I get to do some different things. And so I just kind of have a little bit of everything. It's, it's the greatest job. Um, in every position that I've ever had in FCS, I always thought I was going to retire there. So my first job as a middle school teacher, fabulous school, great administration, convinced I was going to retire there. Well, then a job came up that was like six blocks from my house. <laughs> I ended up working there for 12 years. I was totally convinced I was going to be retiring there because why not? It was six blocks from my house. And then this position at the university became available. It was two and a half hours away from my house. So we had to move. But now I, I'm totally convinced I'm, I'm going to retire here, which means there's probably something else. <laughs> and who knows what that'll be. But that's what's so great about family and consumer sciences, because we can do so many different things. Um, and there's so many opportunities for us. But um, but I really do love what I do at the university and, and I do plan to retire. <laughs> well, no, and I, I like that. Um, it's yeah. Cause much like you, it's not, I, I have, there's a little bit of a parallel, um, between us just because I, I uprooted my family uh, a couple of years ago, um, to move across Washington state and, um, for this, uh, my current FCS job. So I've had, I've worked at two different schools and, but yeah, I know that's, I, it's one of those things where I, I know there are lots of FCS teachers out there who are, they've worked in the same school that they've always been at. And I have to say, I'm so jealous of that, but I also know that where I'm at right now, it's not my end result. Um, I know there's something else happening, maybe not right now, but I, I don't like to keep my options closed. But <laughs> um, we say yes to FCS, right? When, when you say yes to things, doors open. Um, the people that I've met from saying yes to different opportunities, opportunities. Uh, just the networking and family and consumer sciences is just unparalleled in, in any other field. And that to me, again, one of the things that I tell students who are, are entering our program is we're a family. Um, it's in our name. And, and I, I truly believe that. And, and I tell people all the time, if I got an invitation to a family reunion, I don't know if I'd go. <laughs> I mean, those people are okay. <laughs> um, 
but I didn't get to choose them. I got to choose family and consumer sciences, right? When I get my registrations for a conference, I'm the first one signed up. I And I, I can't wait till we get back to some of those in-person opportunities because mm-hmm. I miss my family. Uh, it's just so great to connect. And, and I've just gotten to know some of the best people in the universe um, through family and consumer sciences and, and finding out what they're doing in their programs and, and how things are, are working in their state or their district. And, and they just inspire me every day to be better and, and to keep trying and, and make changes and improve. And then I get to bring all of that wealth of knowledge and information back to my students and, and share share with them those real experiences from other people. Um, so they aren't just getting my perspective and my story either. Um, because I, I met so many people that then I can connect them to a resource. Um, say, hey, I know someone else who does that. You should you know, connect with this teacher if you're interested in, in this type of curriculum or program. And, and that's just the best. And so again, um, that's kind of what I do is I just, I just facilitate and manage resources. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing that uh, that's what I'm finding that I'm doing more and more um, with with this podcast. It's like I'm getting more and more information and I'm getting more resources. And I love just sharing those resources out with with the listeners, with you who I'm speaking directly to the microphone, to those who are listening. Um, I love sharing those resources and I love connecting people to expand their own knowledge. And that's the reason why I'm joining all of these organizations, just because I am so hungry <laughs> to, to be around other people who are just as equally passionate as I am for our family of family consumer sciences. Um, and a friend of mine who she, her name is um, Samantha, but she's a family consumer sciences teacher from my original district that I came from. She put it in such an eloquent um, elevator speech was, she's like, the reason why she chose family and consumer sciences is because family, that it's, it puts family before everything else. And that is, that is her calling. She, she loves her family one, but she also loves the, the family of what our FCS profession brings. So, and I think, and that sold me, I'm like, yes, that makes complete sense for me. I love it. And sometimes in the process, you actually discover that you do have real family within the family of family and consumer sciences. Uh, we have some six degrees of separation kinds of things. It's like, oh my gosh, we're actually related. So <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you never know. Gosh, there's a, we're all, uh, just what I'm finding, it's no longer six degrees of separation. It's getting smaller and smaller, especially with social media at, in such a, a, it's a huge facet in all of our lives. Um, yeah. Well, well, I'm so lucky with the technology we have, again, to be able to connect to our, our broader and, and more global family um, as we think about the International Federation of Home Economics cool. as well. But by having things like Zoom and podcasts and social media, the connections that never were there. And so, you know, for, for teachers who might be that, that one person in their whole district that does family and consumer sciences, sometimes that can be a little isolating and and scary. 
And now they can just reach out so easily to others to help them. Um, so no one has to suffer in silence alone. Um, if you're if you're struggling, if you're needing some ideas, if you just need someone to give you that pep talk. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes that's my role at the university as well as I just have to, you know, occasionally talk people off the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but to help help them find their why again and, and to remember why they're doing these things and, and to be excited about things instead of finding them to be um, scary and overwhelming and, and it can just kind of be crashing in on you at times and, and you just need to elevate yourself and, and free yourself of that and um, get excited and inspired again. And, and if we can do that for anyone, um, you know, those of us who are a little bit more seasoned and, and can provide that. And sometimes it's just allowing them an opportunity to talk it out. I don't have to say anything. I'm, I'm not really there to solve their problem. They figure it out themselves, but they just have to say it and they need a safe place to do that. And again, if, if we can be those ears and the shoulders that they need, um, that's great because we need everyone in family and consumer sciences to, to keep going and, and to be there and, and inspire the next generation of teachers um, so that they say yes to FCS. And, and I wish, you know, again, going back um, to my own high school experience, no one ever said, have you thought about being a, and at the time it would have been a home ec teacher. I had some amazing teachers and I loved them and I love their classes. But that wasn't a, a conversation, and I don't know as they had that with anyone else either. Um, so I think it, it's so important for us to recognize people's abilities and to say, this is something that you should do, and, and you'd be good at it. Mm -hmm. And and we just keep trying and getting better all the time. So no, you're not going to be good at it right away. <laughs> um, and you're never as good as you're going to be. I always tell students, too, I'm, I'm sorry that you're my student now because I'll be better next year. <laughs> And yes. I hope I just keep getting better over time. Um, it's but, a craft. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And every, again, that's what's so awesome about FCS is there's always more to learn and it changes and evolves. And um, having had the opportunity to teach food science as a, a high school teacher, that wasn't even something that was in my undergraduate preparation. So Everyone who's learning something, guess what? There's going to be something that's going to happen a few years down the road that we didn't even know was going to be a thing yet. And you're going to need to learn. And, and who knows? Um, it could be the thing that you love the most about your job. Well, and, but you just touched on something really relevant because we are teaching students. We're teaching today's students for jobs that aren't even there. They've not even been created yet. That's the cool thing. Those, and, again, those employability, transferable job skills, yeah. everything we teach, they will use that. We can guarantee that that will be something that, that whatever their job happens to be, they will use. Yes. Well, and, and I just want to take a sidestep to um, our the teacher preparation programs. Why? Because I just came out of one. Why is it that they do not prepare our students or the college students with food labs or how about textile labs? Why is that not a class? Because holy cow, I've, I've had to take my own personal experience with raising a large family, having a family of six. 
that was transferable <laughs> to the classroom because I'm like, oh, I already do this. So and what, what's adding a few more? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, why is that not something that is taught? Because if you are 24, just come fresh out of a, a teacher preparation program, you have no idea how to shop. You have no idea how to plan and organize a lab to, especially when it comes to food, you, you don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it just reminded me of when I first was doing my internship, one of the first labs I shopped for was a chocolate chip cookie lab. It was oatmeal mm -hmm. um, chocolate chip cookies. And so I saw the recipe and I converted how many cups of oatmeal into ounces and whatever. Anyway, I bought way more oatmeal than we needed. Fortunately, it was a staple we could keep, right? So yes, we learned those things. Um, but to answer your question, 120 credit is the reason. <laughs> so because family and consumer sciences is so broad and we do want students to have that comprehensive background so that they can teach lots of different things, it makes it really difficult for us to focus too much attention on any one area so we don't get to get very deep. Um, that's why that student teaching experience and those practicum experiences are so important and our cooperating teachers play such a big role in that preparation um, because it, it is hard to do in a classroom setting and we just, we don't have the time to make it happen. However, that being said, the new National Association of Teacher Educators for Family and Consumer Sciences came out with the new standards and lab management is one of those standards. There will be more emphasis on that. But again, what we can do in the classroom at the university, like you said, you don't know what you don't know. So until you get into that environment in a real setting, it's just harder. So again, practicums and student teaching is, is where we get most of that experience for the lab situation. But um, again, because family and consumer sciences is so broad, that's why we love it but it also creates some of those challenges. So to get someone to an industry level, and I'll, I'll use culinary, we'll use that example some more, mm -hmm. to have someone be a pro start ready teacher coming out of a teacher prep program, probably not gonna happen because if they only focus so heavily on foods, they're gonna miss some relationship classes or they're gonna miss the textile class or they're not gonna get to do the personal finance. So. It, it requires us as professionals to be lifelong learners, to know that whatever teaching position we take, our focus or our role might be different and our districts will have to help us with some professional development. We'll have to take that on ourselves. And that's where our professional organizations play such a big role to help us be current and get some of that information. Um, but just know that when you graduate, you're not done. <laughs> and I always tell students, if you want me to teach you everything, you never get to graduate <laughs> because there's always going to be something new to learn. Yes, there's something always new to learn. And well, and it just kind of goes back to say yes. Say yes, because that's where your opportunities are going to be. That's where the opportunities are going to come from. When you say yes to something, then you're going to learn and you're going to grow from that experience. Absolutely.
Uh, well, can you share any inspirational message and or advice for our new teachers? I know we've just been throwing out all sorts of good stuff, but we could really put a name on it. Well, I, I think I'm going to go back to to our progress, not perfection. Um, just to be willing to learn and grow and and continue your journey, um, and and not to have that be something that you find to be creating anxiety or or to stifle you in any way, um, but to give you that freedom to grow and to have some failure along the way. Because if everything goes perfectly, we really don't know why. But if we've made a mistake, we can usually pinpoint what that was and and work on on fixing that. Um, But every group of students is different. Every class is different. So what works for one group may not work at all for the next. And and not to take that as a, a personal failure either. Um, but again, to just take that as an opportunity to grow and to progress and, and we just keep trying and to give ourselves that permission um, that we don't, again, Brene Brown, <laughs> gifts of imperfection. Um, in, in Asian culture, um, one of the things that's really cool is if pottery breaks, they use gold to fill that in and it highlights the flaw as opposed to trying to hide it. So I think when we can own up to those things and say, hey, here's what went wrong. Here's how I fixed it. Look, look, that's progress. Um, and, and not to feel like we're broken or we are embarrassed or we're not as good as the next person um, because we have that potential for growth. And it is by saying yes to FCS, by saying, what can I do better to reach out to those networks uh, <clears throat> other professionals to help us that will achieve our FCS success. Yes. Yes. We say yes. <laughs> well, let's, let's wrap this up because I want to honor your time and everything, but can you give me a tech tool that you could share with any of us? Well, one of my new favorite things has been Jamboard. <laughs> you are a Google school. It, uh, if you haven't, and, and you don't have to have um, be Google Classroom or anything, you can use that. We use uh, Zoom and we're Canvas. Uh, and so we've been using Jamboard and there's been some really fun things that we can do. Um, and I also love, I got to give a shout out to Slides Mania. Love her. Um, she's got some awesome slides that can be a, a great foundation um, to help you um, just jazz up some of those presentations and also to make them a little bit more interactive. So those have been two of my my favorites as of late. One, I've not experienced Jamboard yet, but Slides Mania, her name is Paula. She is amazing. And I want to have just a conversation with her because I want to know how she's doing all these things. Like what software is she using? And, and only because I like technology to that, to that level. So I'm more on, I love that stuff. But yeah, she's, she is something else. And she recently just did a, oh gosh, a workshop, a digital workshop somewhere where she was a presenter. So that, I really wish I, I could have been a part of those Zoom, that Zoom meeting. <laughs> There's so many opportunities for something new, but, you know, I think that's the other thing is don't feel like you have to do all of them. Mm -hmm. A couple, 
that you're comfortable with. And I also think if you try to do too many, it gets to be a lot for students as well. So take it slow and, and don't put pressure on yourself. But Jamboard can do so many things. So if you haven't checked that out yet, that's that will be on your to-do list. Okay, well, Jamboard, got it. How about, is there a book that you're reading? I'm actually reading Unsheltered by Barbara Kingsolver right now. I love her books. I'm always reading something. My other book is, I actually have two of them sitting here. One is an Indigenous People's History of the United States for Young People. And the other is How to Eat All Your Food and Diet Questions Answered, Mark Bittman and David Katz. So I have a really eclectic book list and I'm always in the middle of a variety. <laughs> well, I like it. Well, first you had your history right there and then a little bit of professional learning and then one for pleasure. So you get a, you, all different aspects. And finally, is oh, there- I should mention. Yes. Oh. Um, with the Fire on High is one I just read. It's a, a YA and it's about a, a teen mom and a culinary program. So Ooh, what's the name of it? With the Fire on High. It's in the other room where I, I grab it. <laughs> well, I will <laughs> I'll look and that up. In a class, I would probably use that as a book in my class or excerpts from it for sure. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll look that up. Thank you. Finally, how about, do you have a favorite recipe that you can just cook over and over again and never get tired of? Homemade mac and cheese. Uh (laughs) Again, I'm from Wisconsin. Cheese is a big part of our life, but there's nothing better than creamy goodness. And it doesn't take any longer than the box because while the noodles are boiling, you're making your sauce and, oh, it just always, that's comfort food. That just makes me happy. Well, you're going to have to share your homemade mac and cheese recipe with me so I could uh, share it on my Betty Crocker. (laughs) I love it. Well, this has been an absolute joy just being able to have a fun chat with you, but also we've been able to really touch on some really big topics, you know, mindfulness. We're talking about teacher preparation programs and the reason why we're saying yes to FCS and it's progress, not perfection. I love it. So thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Take care. Stay well. Thank you for joining me today at Connect FCS Ed. In each episode, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families. I'm inviting you to join me in the conversation. Let's share your resources and stories. Together, we are better. Thanks again for listening and helping spread the word that family and consumer sciences is today's home economics.